Welcome to the Chrisman Commentary Daily Mortgage News Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Chrisman. Topics on today's episode include homeowner equity, my interview with MGIC's Vance Edwards, dispelling common mortgage insurance, or MI, misconceptions, and the latest gauges on the U.S. economy. Thanks to today's podcast sponsor, Built Technologies, construction and real estate solutions for better financial management. Improve business performance with faster, smarter tools for all stages of the property life cycle. To learn more, visit getbuilt.com. California has 2.4 million households free and clear of mortgage debt, the third highest count among the states. There's Texas at 2.9 million and Florida at 2.5 million. After California comes, New York at 1.7 million and Pennsylvania at 1.5 million. West Virginia has the largest share of free and clear owners at 53%, followed by Mississippi at 51%. North Dakota and New Mexico at 47% and Louisiana at 46% come in next. I guess it benefits to have lower cost housing. Texas and Florida were both at 43%. For today's interview, I wanted to welcome to the show MGIC's Vance Edwards to dispel some common mortgage insurance misconceptions. Mr. Edwards joined MGIC in 1999 and currently serves as Director of Marketing. Among his responsibilities is heading up MGIC's marketing promotions team, which oversees MGIC sales training efforts, marketing of MGIC programs, and co-branding efforts with MGIC customers. In addition, he leads MGIC initiatives with realtors and consumers, especially first-time homebuyers. So several weeks back, I had a, a friend of mine on the show who doesn't work in the mortgage industry, and, and he had some outlandish claims about MI, which which I think are not necessarily true. So I wanted I wanted to have you on the show to set the record straight here. And I want to start by asking, for the uninitiated, or maybe those that, that aren't experts in it, what is mortgage insurance, or MI, and why is it deemed necessary? Sure. So first, thanks for having me on. Uh, mortgage insurance, you know, be that private mortgage insurance like what MGIC provides or government such as FHA or VA you know, is the reason home buyers are able to purchase a home without needing to put 20% down. Now, the risk of default goes up the less a home buyer puts down, and common sense kind of tells us that. But the Urban Institute in their January 2023 chart book actually showed this as well. The default rate on a 30-year fixed-rate GSE loan went up considerably once the LTV went above 80%, regardless of the borrower's credit score or the year the loan was originated. So really the only reason lenders, investors are comfortable making loans with less than 20% down payment is because mortgage insurance exists, provides that financial guarantee to help them manage their risk and makes it possible for people to get into homes sooner but safely. So really, it's hard to imagine a housing market without mortgage insurance, a market where only those who have 20% are the only ones who are able to buy a home. Home ownership levels would be significantly lower than what they are. Home prices would, uh, home price appreciation would be stagnant due to fewer buyers in the market and fundamentally, you know, change how most Americans build their net worth. It's almost counterintuitive where you would think, oh, well, if I have these extra 
insurance payments on top of my monthly principal and, and interest and taxes, then I'm going to be less likely to be able to repay. But it's very interesting that uh, people are actually more likely to be able to repay. Before we get into MI a little more, I want to talk about down payments in general. People think, oh, 20% down, white picket fence sort of thing. But there's a lot of programs and options out there. What are some common misconceptions about down payments? Well, I'd say the biggest one is the one you just touched on right there, that this myth of needing to put 20% down. And I'm often surprised how much those in the mortgage and real estate industry you know, really help perpetuate that. How many times I see a mortgage calculator on a website that is defaulted to 20% or even the National Association of Realtors, they use a 20% down assumption in their housing affordability index. Those of us who make our living helping people obtain their dream of home ownership, you know, we we often make this mistake of assuming others know what we know. And yet study after study reveals consumers have that false notion that they need to put 20% down. And those same studies show that the number one reason customers cite for not having bought a home yet is that trouble saving for the down payment. That reason is cited more than the rising interest rates, low inventory, current debt. And look, NAR had a report that showed first-time home buyers comprised only 26% of the market last year. That's the lowest level on record. And I wonder just how many people self-selected themselves out or might have been able to buy a home if they simply knew it's possible to buy a home, little as 3%, and that 3% can even be from a gift. That is great news, and and I wish more people knew that. Let's get into MI, finally. What are some common misconceptions about MI? Wow. Um, Well, let's see. How long is your podcast? Uh, As long as as you need. Go ahead. (laughs) I'd say, really, the the two biggest misconceptions, in my opinion, or at least the ones that I think end up costing people the most money in the long run. First is this whole idea that mortgage insurance only benefits the lender but it's something that the home buyer has to pay. MI truly has tremendous benefits for the home buyer, beginning with the fact that you can buy a home today without having to wait to save up that 20%. Now, I know you have listeners across the country, and certainly home prices vary by market. But if we were to use NAR's median price for a home sold December last year, which I think was 366900 We'll make the math a little easier on us and just knock that down to $350,000 home purchase. Well, 20% down payment, that's $70,000. That's a lot of money to a lot of people. Your your average salary for a school teacher is something like sixty dollars to $70,000. If they save 10% of their salary per year, which would be three times the national savings rate right now, it would take them 10 years to save up for a down payment. And all that while, the home's getting more and more away from them because home prices continue to go up. Now, I I want to stress that no one wants to put people in homes they can't afford or are not able to safely maintain. But the sooner you can help a person safely buy a home, the better off it is going to be for them. There's a $72,000 difference in net worth between people who were able to buy their first home when they were between the age of 25 to 34 versus those who had to wait until they were 35 to 44. 
Now, the other big misconception, in my opinion, really is this idea that MI is only for first-time home buyers. So if you're selling a home right now, thanks to the recent home appreciation, it's very likely you have enough to put a 20% down payment on your next home, but that doesn't necessarily mean you should want to. If you're buying a $400,000 home, instead of putting $80,000 down, you could use an MI single premium, pay a few thousand dollars, buy it with 10% or 15% down. Now, you're going to have a larger monthly payment due to that larger loan amount. But if you can comfortably afford that larger payment, you get to hold on to twenty dollars to $40,000 that you can put towards a child's college fund, invest in other areas, whatever you want to do with this money you were able to save by taking advantage of private mortgage insurance. Let's talk about the current housing market and how MI plays into that. Housing inventory is tight in many areas, and uh, supply really is an issue kind of nationally. How does MI come into play in a market like this? Well, really, that goes exactly with what I was just mentioning about MI has incredible borrower benefits, and it really fundamentally opens up options and increases the person's buying power. So uh, again, to use an example, if you had $30,000 saved, well, that gets you a $150,000 home if you're putting 20% down. If you take advantage of MI, you can afford and you can afford the larger monthly payment with a larger home. That same $30,000 could be 10% on a $300,000 home or 5% down on a $400,000 home and let you hold on to $10,000 in savings. It also frees up home buyers to really consider, you know, other homes that might need repair. So if they're buying an older home and they want to turn that into their dream home, they have that option. Now, Fannie and Mae and Freddie Mac, they have wonderful renovation programs. We're proud to insure them. But just by taking advantage of MI, again, it frees up that option to use money that you had earmarked for down payment so you can make home improvements immediately. I know you will say that MGIC is the, the best MI company out there, but I'd, I'd like to ask, and, and I personally don't really know, how does one MI company differentiate themselves from another? Is it a Coke and Pepsi type thing, Titleist Callaway, or are there, there actual differences that uh, really, really affect the borrower? Well, it, it's a great question. You know, when I first started at MGIC, all the MI companies, we all used rate cards. Everyone's prices were public. And that resulted in all the MIs having very similar prices. Today, every MI has a very sophisticated risk-based pricing structure, and we no longer publish premiums on our website. Now, when that first started, it really created wider gaps from time to time in the MI pricing industry. But really, over the last couple of years, that seemed to normalize. And again, once again, MI pricing fairly consistent across the board. So how does an MI company differentiate themselves in such a world? Well, you know, like many LOs who are listening to you and have similar rates, they have to compete with other LOs. You know, we try to create a better customer experience. We have a sales team focused on being business partner rather than mere vendor, provide training to deepen mortgage professionals' understanding of the market, find ways to, to help LOs reach out to referral partners and build their business, uh, especially at times when volume isn't as high as it was in the past few years. Work with lenders to solve home ownership inequities among different 
demographics or home affordability issues. I mean, that's at least how we go about trying to differentiate ourselves. And I'll close by asking you, how has the space changed? I mean, you mentioned that everybody used to publish the rates publicly, but generally speaking, in, in the times that we're in where volumes are down for lenders, companies are trying to get creative, whether that's lower down payment products, focusing on arms, pushing borrowers towards HELOC options. How has MI kept up or, or gotten creative with their product offerings to borrowers? Well, I think you touched on it. I mean, let's face it, in 2020, 2021, the industry had so much volume, it was different, difficult to keep up. And now things have slowed and we've returned to a more normal mortgage origination volume market, if you will. Lenders like MI companies that we just mentioned are seeking ways to differentiate themselves. So our conversations have really changed from you know before focused on how quickly can you get this loan done, get it approved, move it through, because we have all these other ones coming through the pipeline to we're constantly talking to lenders, uh, especially with portfolio capabilities about setting up special programs that go beyond standard guidelines to, to better serve their communities or working with lenders, like I just mentioned, who are seeking to be part of that solution around home affordability issues or racial equity in home ownership. So before I let you go, I think I think one thing that my my guest several weeks back said that that might have been a half truth or, or maybe not even a truth. He said when you when you get down to 80% LTV, you have to refinance to get out of the MI. Is that it's that MI just drops off or can you explain the the mechanism there when someone gets down to a, a 20% equity in their home? Absolutely. So one of the great benefits about uh, at least private mortgage insurance is the ability to cancel it when it's slow, no longer needed. Now, FHA currently doesn't have that feature. There's some talk about bringing that back, and that would certainly help some home buyers. But for private mortgage insurance, there's really two ways to think about MI cancellation, whether you're using the original loan amount or a new appraised amount. So if you're using the original a borrower can request it as soon as they get to 80% LTV. It happens automatically once it gets to 78%. So the buyer doesn't have to do anything. By law, the MI will be canceled. You can also cancel it using a new appraised value. And it's certainly a time when homes are appreciating. That's a, a great opportunity uh, for home buyers, a great opportunity for loan officers to reach out to people who got into their home using private mortgage insurance to find out what their homes value at now. Uh, again, most people follow Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac's guidelines. They require uh, the loan be seasoned for at least two years if you're using a new appraised value. Uh, if so, then you could cancel it again based on how long you've had the loan once it gets to 80% LTV. I should point out, though, that the mortgage insurance companies, we have nothing to say when it comes to canceling a loan or not canceling a loan. When the investor tells us to cancel it, we cancel it. We don't we don't get a vote in it, per se. But there are a lot of advantages to making sure you're using and keeping an eye on how much your home is worth today so that you can cancel it without needing to refi if you have that low interest rate that you want to keep. Well, I very much appreciate you clearing that up and uh, also coming on to talk to me today. I thought this was great and very informative, not only for the LOs that listen to the podcast, but also for some consumers that may be out there. So hopefully we'll have you back on soon. Thanks, Vance. Thank you very much. In interest rate news, March began with more selling in the bond markets, continuing the trend from February. 
Economic data on the day yesterday revealed that manufacturing for the U.S. improved in February versus January per ISM, though it remained in contractionary territory for the third consecutive month. Prices increased again, which will concern the Fed, as February inflation reports will likely be disappointing. Separately, the market responded to hawkish comments from Minneapolis Fed President Kashkari, who said that wage growth is too high and that inflation must be cool. Nothing necessarily new there. Total construction spending declined 0.1% month over month in January when it was expected to increase. New single-family construction continues to be hampered by higher interest rates that are making construction projects more expensive to finance at a time when broader economic activity is slowing. Today's calendar kicked off with weekly jobless claims, which came in at 190,000, continuing to fall, and final Q4 productivity and unit labor costs, in at 1.7% falling and 3.2% respectively, much stronger than expected. Later this morning, Treasury announces the details of the mini-refunding, consisting of $40 billion of three-year notes, and $32 billion and $18 billion of reopened 10-year notes and 30-year bonds, respectively. Freddie Mac will release its latest primary mortgage market survey, and two Fed speakers are currently scheduled. Fed Governor Waller and Minneapolis Fed President Kashkari. We begin the day with agency MBS prices worse a quarter to three-eighths, and the two-year up to 4.93, while the 10-year is yielding 4.9, excuse me, 4.06 after closing yesterday at 3.99%. Let's wrap up with a joke and some housekeeping. You can retire to the deep south where... You can rent a movie and buy bait in the same store. Y'all is singular and all y'all is plural. He needed killing is a valid defense. Everyone has two first names. Billy Bob, Jimmy Bob, Joe Bob, Betty Jean, Mary Beth. I guess I'd be Robbie Rob. (laughs) Everything is either in yonder, over yonder, or out yonder. You can say anything about anyone as long as you say, bless their heart at the end. Or you can retire to Nebraska or Kansas, where you've never met any celebrities, but the mayor knows your name. Your idea of a traffic jam is three cars waiting to pass a tractor. You've had to switch from heat to AC on the same day. And you end every sentence with a preposition. Where's my coat at? Let's wrap up with a joke and some housekeeping. You can retire to New York City, where you say, the city and expect everyone to know you mean Manhattan. You can get into a four-hour argument about how to get from Columbus Circle to Battery Park, but can't find Wisconsin on a map. (laughs) You think Central Park is nature, and you believe being able to swear at people in their own language makes you multilingual. You've worn out a car horn, if you have a car, and you think eye contact is an act of aggression. Or you can move to Colorado, where... You carry your $3,000 mountain bike atop your $500 car. You tell your husband to pick up granola on his way home, so he stops at the daycare center. A pass does not involve a football or dating, and the top of your head is bald, but you still have a ponytail. Thanks to today's podcast sponsor, Built Technologies. Construction real estate solutions for better financial management. Improve business performance with faster, Smarter tools for all stages of the property life cycle. To learn more, visit getbuilt.com. Questions about the podcast or sponsoring opportunities? Send me an email at robbie at robchrisman.com. Visit robchrisman.com for more information on our industry partners 
access to archived commentaries, and how to subscribe to the daily mortgage news and commentary. To listen to or download past episodes of this podcast, search Mortgage News on any platform you get your podcasts from.